This is RangerCast, Episode 7, the latest on conventions and cosmic fury. In this episode, we talk about a showrunner logging off, early news on the next Power Morphicon, and a new feature, Post of the Week. Alright, this is RangerCast, I'm Tyler, better known as Reroll Volto, and I am joined by Lamar. Hey everyone, happy to be here. Hi. Happy to have you, how's it going? Things are going great, you know. Um, finally got uh, my house sold, so now I can start rebuilding my lightning collection. Just got the Zord Ascension Megazord, and it is gorgeous. You know, I have that still, like, in the box, I think I opened it to, like look at it maybe but i need mm-hmm. like a place to put it and i don't really have like a lot of room um if you know like like we talked about last time if i do think about offloading any other lightning collection or other older figures i will let you know yep yep no i'd appreciate that yeah i've got my megazord right by um my autographed uh, t-shirt from jason font and that's right next to my recording booth oh cool recording booth wow you are you're you're rolling deep you have a recording booth i have a recording (laughs) desk well it's uh it's more of a closet that my wife has uh put up some soundproof uh capes in but you know Mm. whatever works yeah it sounds a little bit like the uh the setups that voice actors had during the rona where you they they took out everything from their closets put up padding and pillows and all that um but yeah, so we got a very news-heavy show. Uh, not everyone on our crew has seen the backstretch of Dying Fury, except for me. And boy, it hurts to not be able to talk about it. But one of these days, I assure you. I um, will get caught up. I will get caught up. There's only, what, a thousand episodes of Power Rangers? Yeah, give or take. <laughs> but we do have uh, some news to get to. So the big thing that rocked the fandom over the weekend is Simon Bennett, the very uh, forthcoming showrunner of Beast Morver's Dino Fury. He abruptly quit Twitter and Rangerboard. And Rangerboard, especially, that hurts because that means all his posts are gone, period. Kaput. Forget it. Twitter, I think he could come back in a month if he wants and, you know, bring everything back. But this caused a lot of discussion in the fandom about a lot of conjecture about why he might have left. Um, yeah. And, I mean, ultimately only he can know. Right. But yeah. It's yeah. generally people don't quit for no reason. Right. And I think I brought this up in Ranger board a few weeks ago that, you know, folks should leave him alone. He said, he actually responded and said, nah, I can take it. It's good. It's cool. I'm, I'm a big boy. But fans were badgering him, especially in the wake of the Cosmic Fury announcements that we were talking about in the last episode. Um, all this nonsense about how many episodes is it? How many episodes is it? How many episodes is it? And kind of worse things regard, you know, 
in relation to Q Ranger and all of that. Um, but also, I think at the same time, he was also being very honest about the old regime at Saban um, in regards to the directives placed on the show by Saban Brands, actually, not by Hasbro, uh, because that deal hadn't gone through yet, uh, during Ninja Steel. You know, the fart jokes and um, and the edicts from up on high that he's free of now. Right, and you can and, clearly tell a difference also in quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's possible that this was an edict from Hasbro telling him to get off Twitter. He's talked in the past in other interviews, Range Command and what have you, about uh, how being so online has always been, you know, part of how he's conducted himself while he's working on these shows. Um, going back to... You know, Shortland Street, or I don't think he was very online about Shortland Street, but you get the idea. Shows that we aren't so familiar with up uh, up in this neck of the woods. Or it's possible that he might have just quit because they're starting, you know, they're getting the thick of principal photography and cosmic fury. So we don't really know. But I think even if it wasn't because of something we fans did, I think it's an opportunity for some introspection. And I think the fans who need to do it most are the ones least capable of it. Yeah, I mean, this is unfortunately a, a problem in pretty much every fandom. Um, you're going to have those, uh, the the not silent minority. Uh, if there's a silent majority, there's the inverse. And, you know, they're going to give the fans a bad name. Um the best we can do as good fans is make sure that we're being respectful, calling out the people who aren't and, you know, just, just treating everyone with basic human decency. And you don't even have to be a fan of power Rangers to treat people with basic human decency. Right. Although I do feel like that's a central message of the show. Simon Bennett is not the first person to start interacting with fans and then stop. Um, you know, I've been in this fandom long enough to remember when Emma Lahana was in Ranger Board, and now, you know, Don't Call Me Kira. Um, and other actors have come and gone. There have been people who have said that they were told by, uh, the higher-ups not to get on Ranger Board. And, you know, honestly, that's great advice. So, I remember Bruce, Ka Bruce Kalish had, um, had an account where he didn't exactly engage, he would just kind of troll every now and then and not really reveal who he was, but the people who, you know, knew what to look for knew it was him. Jackie Marchand mm -hmm. has an account and she would post time to time, but not to the extent that Doug Sloan did. Doug Sloan was very active uh, during his use. I think it's the closest thing that we ever had to uh, somebody as communicative as, as Simon. I think fans need to be more respectful of his time. And not ask again how many episodes Cosmic Fury is. But absolutely, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, this is entertainment. Uh, if you're not getting joy out of it, but instead you're you're struggling with it, or you're you know working yourself or other people up about it, maybe try and refocus that energy. As for this podcast, we're going to refocus our energy into our next news story, which is. Power Morphicon dropped their uh, 
their dates for 2024. Yes, they are back. And also they open registration for early bird memberships. The convention will be August 23rd to 25th, the same weekend, last weekend of August, at the Pasadena Convention Center in 2024. But the other news is that they opened up um, registration for Gold Ranger and Platinum Ranger. Platinum Ranger is, again, $2,000. I don't think there's any change. But gold is up significantly uh, for $400. That's an early bird special that includes the Power Breakfast and the um, the VIP party, which are not think normally those are add-ons and they'll go back to being add-ons af- after the end of the year, uh, after the end of this year, I should say, and the price will be mean four hundred dollars for gold. But those are not things that I would pay for. Uh, four hundred dollars it is a bit of an ask, and I I think at least gold membership. No, thank you. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, also being where I'm situated um, on the eastern seaboard of the United States, and that's about as specific as I want to get, going all the way out to California is certainly a a trek. Um, $400 for a a two to three day or three day convention. I just two and a half, really. yeah, I, I would not be able to justify that to my bank account or my loving wife. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I paid for this year's convention when they opened registration for what was going to be the 2020 event. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid something like $300. Uh, I got the after party. I forgot even that even, you know, got tickets for the after party until uh, until I got the email from Tixer when they changed vendors. But... um. You put four hundred dollars in perspective. Uh, the usual anime con that I go to every year, they always go to Hell or High Water, unless it's up against Power Morph Con, which happened once. Uh, it's Otakon. I pay like eighty bucks to get in, I believe. Uh, that's three. That's three full days, and then another two hundred, give or take. For the hotel, which I share with a couple friends, um, about twenty dollars train fare from Baltimore and back, and you know another hundred twenty or so for meals, yada yada yada, plus merch. So four hundred dollars is basically a trip to Otakon for me, and that does include. For me, the flight from Baltimore to L.A. and back. And I usually work in other stops to make it more worth my while. Uh, you know, visiting family, what have you. But um, I think that I'm probably going Red Ranger this year. Or rather, in 2024. Um, and even then, I, I may be 60% sure I'm going to PMC. You know, especially with the advent of other conventions like... I mean, Ranger Stop's been around a while, but it's there. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, and the appearance of Ranger guests at other conventions. Though, to be fair, Ranger Stop and Power Morphicon work in more niche Ranger guests than other broader conventions do. Right, right. You know, the broader conventions, that's where you get, you know... It- the people who would be the headliners at Ranger Stop are regulars at, you know, usual comic cons. 
But no, I think Ranger Stop is a great alternative to uh, Power Morphicon if the uh, the tickets are a little bit too rich for your blood. Um, actually, right now, uh, until November 15th, so probably about a month uh, from this recording date, um, weekend passes for the whole weekend, $30. That's a really good deal. Um, and it's a lot of fun. My wife and I uh, have been past couple years, um, and it's a much more contained one. So if you like a big convention, Power Morphicon's your place to go. If you want yeah. something a bit smaller, Ranger Stop is ideal for that. Yeah, I haven't been there since 2014, and I keep missing my chance to go again. Uh, they are a little more... I want to say creative, maybe, about guests. Um, at, like, they were the first con to have John Tui and kind of got lucky because something that he was doing got, you know, shifted around or whatever, and he was able to come down. And there was a panel of him just holding court, and at one point, this is an audio that's in Ranger Command site, uh, on their coverage of the con, he just kind of um, did a little Hamlet for everybody. And it was just a panel of just him holding court for an hour, and that was just... That was just awesome because I mean, there's like there's a guy with some stories. Whereas at Power Morphicon, you're not going to get that. You're going to get like generally full cast panels, and there's not really as much of an opportunity for moments like that now that PMC is as big as it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, it's a great opportunity to support um, Karen Ashley and Nakia Baris, since they're the ones that own and operate the Ranger Stop uh, conventions, too. They so are? it's a good way. Yes, actually, they are. I thought it was fan-run. No, um, well, I mean, they're fans. <laughs> um, but no, um, from, you know, what I've um, gathered from going there the past couple of years, those two uh, at least run the Atlanta one. Um, ah, okay, yeah, because I think I've been in touch, you know, with the people who run the uh, uh, the Orlando one, uh, and they're not Karen Ashley. Right, right. But whatever. Uh, in any case, the guest list includes uh, Walter Jones, fresh off his trip to New Zealand, Catherine Sutherland, also fresh off her trip to New Zealand, uh, Steve Cardenas, you know, uh, but also... The Alien Rangers, I'm just scrolling through here. The DeFilippo twins, the, the real Gold Rangers, if you know, you know. <laughs> um, as well as the Wild Force cast. Uh, Ilya Volok, who doesn't do a lot of conventions. Samuel Benta. <clears throat> uh, Beast Morphers cast. Campbell Cooley, Jeff Dolan, Joshua Seth, the voice of Ty. Uh, so that looks like it's going to be a really great time. And that is, as we record this, just under a month from now, November 11th to 13th at the SeaWorld Doubletree in Orlando, Florida. So in other news, we got some more details about Cosmic Fury uh, from various sources and before Simon logged off. The episodes will be the usual length, the usual 28 minutes thereabouts, and we'll call from... 13 episodes of Q-Ranger, uh, and I guess they needed to really be... They ha I guess 10 episodes gives me the ability to be really choosy about which episodes they pull from because the color combinations they're using. And, you know, 
how many Zord fights they actually have the opportunity for. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, less is more is not a bad approach when it comes to Power Rangers. Um, you know, I recently uh, have rewatched Mighty Morphin with my wife, and we're like, you know what? 60 episodes is maybe a little too many for, uh, for one season. So 10 episodes, it'll give them a chance to really focus in and not, I don't know, spread themselves too thin. And, you know, they're not wedded to any Hugh Ranger plots. I mean, in theory, they're never wedded to any Sentai plots, but, you know, in terms of the morphed scenes that have to set the table for the Zord fight. They're not, uh, they're not wedded to any of that. But what I, I really, and this is another detail, they will be doing the individual cockpits thing like Q-Ranger did, but I think what's going to be tricky for them is how to, how to cut and edit and tweak the Q-Ranger footage that clearly shows the cockpits in there from afar. Or just kind of hope that nobody notices, like PR used to do. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, computer technology is so good nowadays. They could probably just put in a little um, edit of a sprite. You know, it, yeah, it's the same sort of stuff they do when they're trying to cut out uh, Japanese writing in a an American anime. Yeah, and PR has uh, has done that occasionally. Um... But uh, something else we learned from another source is that um, Michael Hurst is uh, directing Cosmic Fury. Uh, he was the uh, voice of um, of Zergain back on Ninja Storm and has returned to the show in recent years as a director. He's uh, directed in Dino Fury, that sort of thing. And also we know that Charlie Haskell is playing some role in directing whatever it is we're getting for the 30th anniversary and that whatever it is took about 10 days to film. And I hope we learn more about whatever it is. Uh, we talked about that uh, in our last episode who about who we know is in it. Who we believe one person is playing and you should go back and listen to that for our wild mass guessing all about the 30th anniversary special. So, in toy news, uh, if you remember those um, those cassette box style Megazords, you know, NinjaCon, all that uh, that came out some months back, Hasbro is doing another round of those, but with Rangers, with the uh, the Stone Canyon Trio, Mighty Morphin Black, Red, and Yellow. Uh, those are available for pre-order right now on Hasbro Pulse. You know what? I've seen people remark this, and I actually kind of agree. The helmets on these actually look better than the helmets on Legacy Collection. Yeah, yeah. Um, the helmets have been a major uh, point of contention on the Lightning Collection figures. Now, they've fixed a number of them, which is probably why they keep re-releasing re the MMPR ones. Mm -hmm. Um you know, I already have Lightning Collections for all three of these Rangers, so I'm not super interested in uh, these. But I think they definitely work better at that medium price point between, you know, 
the cheap, barely posable figures and the super detailed lightning collection, it's good that they're branching out um, and trying to hit all price points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I personally don't have that big a deal, you know, with the lightning collection helmets. It's mostly things besides the helmets that they've been messing up on, like like the occasional face sculpt or, you know, details. I think the the only helmet that I think has been really screwed up was the white Dino Thunder helmet, which I still need to do something about. I still need to go through the exchange process. I hope they still have leftover helmets. I've just been lazy on that. Uh, it's a but, pretty simple process. Right, yeah. I just kind of started and stopped and all that. Um, now, speaking of Lightning Collection, uh, they've been doing some crossovers with uh, Ninja Turtles and with Street Fighter. But we learned uh, recently when actually, this is kind of oldish news, but a fan, an astute fan found it. Hasbro is putting out a uh, Lightning Collection, Mighty Morphin, and Cobra Kai capsule collection that will be available in Q1 23 exclusively at Target. Are you a Cobra Kai fan? Um, so I've watched the original um, uh, Karate Kid movies. I have yeah. not seen Cobra Kai, um, but you know, I, I definitely want to get into it, and especially given how much they've been doing to try and integrate the two brands. As you know, there was that um, scene in I think it was the most recent season of Cobra Kai where. There were actually some lightning collection figures in the background. Um, and obviously people have been commenting how it basically is just like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but without the morphers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that there's more collaboration that's going on. And the more like crossovers you do, the more um, you bring in people from other um, fandoms and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, I need to start watching Cobra Kai. It's one of the things that I just kind of never got the opportunity again to like stranger things i still need to watch, start watching stranger things don't don't yell at me um that's yeah, okay i've only seen season one and my wife is begging us to finish hasbro is playing a uh hasbro pulse premium member only stream on october 27th with some kind of toy reveal no idea what it might very well be this the reason that this flew under the radar the cobra kai announced which so many power rangers fans is because it was in a release all about Cobra Kai. So it wasn't, you know, apparent uh, immediately to Power Rangers fans. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, here are some words from friends of the show. We'll be right back. Kenny, I'm starting a podcast. Recruit me and co-host with Attitude. What the heck? I thought we put that teleporter in storage. Michael? Next time you want me on Kaiju Weekly, tell Jimmy to... Drop the act, Nathan. This is not the Monster Island Film Vault. Okay, fine. But what's going on? I'm having you join me on The Power Trip, a journey through the Power Rangers franchise. It's a podcast version of the article series I'm writing for Kaiju Ramen Magazine. Oh, interesting. We'll spend a year analyzing the Power Rangers franchise, dedicating an episode to each season and movie. Ah, I see. So we'll be doing an overview and talking about them in broad strokes. Exactly. We'll discuss Ranger teams, the villains, the theme songs, and so much more. Can we give out fun awards for stuff like the best fight scene and the craziest moments like I do on Henshin Men? You bet. More phenomenal. When do we start? 
We drop episodes every two weeks starting Tuesday, January 4th, 2022. You know what that means, Michael. It's Morphin' Time. So you want to hear people talk about Japanese cartoons. You know, anime. But you think the other anime podcasters just aren't nerdy enough? Sounds like you need to join forces with the Anime World Order. Where each week, three self-proclaimed experts offer you reviews. Of titles both new and classic, news and commentary. Rants, convention reports, interviews with fandom. And some hentai and yaoi for good measure. So search for anime in the iTunes Music Store. Or visit our website at AnimeWorldOrder.com. Anime World Order, revealing the truth about anime, one podcast at a time. All right, we're back, and it's time for some Tokusatsu news, everybody. Now, Mill Creek Entertainment, which has been putting out a lot of Ultraman stuff over the past few years, they just put out another announcement, another solicitation for something really obscure, which I hadn't even heard of, the uh, anime series Ultraman Kids that is out December 6th, and I'm not super familiar with this series, but you can catch a link to the box art on our show notes. The other thing in the news is Ultra 7, also Ultraman News, is going to be coming out weekly on uh, Tsuburaya's YouTube channel to celebrate its 55th anniversary. Tokusatsu Network reports that Capsule Monsters will introduce highlights from the episode before it airs on the Ultraman Global Twitter account and Facebook page. Uh, Tsuburaya also noted that Ultraman Mabius episodes released as part of its anniversary will be removed by the end of October, so y'all better get to watching that. Also, in a serious subject, Junya Ikeda, who played Gokai Silver in Gokai Jir, uh, as well as uh, Takeru in Garo, uh, in Garo Yamio Terasumono, He's opened up about his battle with depression. Uh, he was diagnosed two years ago, called it the turning point in his life. Because of the uh, COVID pandemic, something he was working on had to be canceled, a uh, live project uh, in 2020, though it would be uh, uh, held in 2021. He told, uh, and this is again, according to, to Tokusatsu Network, he said uh, to an interview that many things come up in his private life and you know what? I'm going to put a, put a trigger warning here. Uh, he truly felt like he would die. But he continues, I'm alive and I want to show myself as I am now, all of it and candidly. And he said all of his pain and joy are put into his next project, Suna no Shiro. He said this production is crucial for me to move forward. It's the first step towards a new me. People can't do things alone. I truly feel that they have to connect with others, and I want to make that connection through this production. And afterwards, after it was published by Oricon News, he uh, got on Twitter and he uh, posted a thread saying two years ago he was diagnosed with depression, though there was though there was suicidal behavior. A series of coincidences saved me, and I finally found it in me to go to a hospital. After talking to my doctor, I've learned that I've been suffering from depression for so long, I don't even know when it started. That said, I'm still here. But don't misunderstand, this isn't all bad. The ability to focus on your time is vital for creative work, and being in touch with your emotions is incredible power in this world. 
I think it's because of all these feelings that the media of my life shines. So again, it's not bad at all. And thanks to these feelings, I could write the story for Suna Noshiro. And look at that, you can still buy tickets for it. Direct marketing at work. Please come see the show. So his live show would be performed in Tokyo and Osaka uh, in October this month and November. And uh, I'm going to get serious here. I suffer from depression myself, and I never, I never had suicidal thoughts, but it took a while for me to find a treatment that stuck. But, you know, if you're out there, and if you're, I know this pandemic hurt for a lot of us, but if you're out there and if you need help, uh, call the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. That's 988, three easy numbers. If you or, or someone you know is going through something and you're worried about them and you're worried about yourself, um, don't hesitate. Get help. Yeah, no, I, I can't um, support that message enough, honestly. Uh, you know, mental health is, it's just now starting to be understood in our country in a way that I think is healthy, but there's still uh, ideas around it that people have this idea, oh, we'll just, you know, just stop being sad or just stop, you know, it's, if you need help, ask for it. If you know somebody who needs help, offer it. Um, this is a real medical issue. And just as if you had an injured arm, you'd go to the doctor. If you have an injured brain, go to the doctor. Um, it's, it's just as simple as that. Your mind is just as much a part of you as any um, physical component. Take care of it. In Japan, there's a lot of stigma about mental illness. There's the, uh, there are people there like the level of use of mental health treatment is much lower in Japan compared to most high income countries, and there are a lot of people in Japan who believe who don't believe that mental illnesses require professional treatment. So it's a cultural thing, and you know it wasn't until a couple years ago that the Japanese Society of Psychiatry and Neurology, for example, changed the Japanese name of schizophrenia from something that translated to split mind disorder to something that translated to loss of coordination disorder. And you're seeing that happen in the U.S. in the way we talk about illnesses. Like, for example, shell shock is now understood more comprehensively as post-traumatic stress. And the stigma is lowered to people who, uh, who want to seek help. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, mental health is, um, it, it's not as understood or as uh, understanding in other parts of the world. Um, I'm glad our country is, is getting better, but there are still other parts of the world that, um, have even further to go. Um, I'm hoping that our generation can kind of be the ones that step in and say, hey, this needs to be taken care of and this needs to be taken seriously. Um, but that starts with each one of us. So just do your part 
and the rest will follow. Yeah, and there is no real good way to segue to anything else from that. But I'm going to have to segue to something else. And we're going to talk about our post of the week. As everybody knows, we're partnered with the uh, the PowerJust subreddit on reddit.com, at which I'm a moderator. And we'd like to start highlighting post. what do you know, from Reddit. So our post of the week, and yeah, we're, we're in every two-week podcast, I'm calling it post of the week. What am I, post, bi-weekly post, doesn't roll off the tongue. So we're going to go with the uh, Organic Galaxy Megazord. If you remember, you know, Lost Galaxy, the Zords are kind of like furry puppets. Um, and you have the Galactabees, I should say, and they turned into something more mechanized. What if they didn't? And this is some fan art by the user Ashwin205. And it really looks uh, looks interesting. I mean, it wouldn't, by definition, it wouldn't work as Megazord, but it's an interesting concept. Yeah, no, it's a great way to kind of show, hey, you know, this is kind of what Megazords do look like if you take a more realistic approach to it, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, I, all I can think of, though, is the when I see this, I also think of that T-shirt um, with the picture of like the the Dino Megazord with the like the T-Rex looking confused while he's got a uh, a pterodactyl strapped to his chest and you know tied up with the like you know uh, basically tied up with rope in the shape of the Megazord. Um, it, you know, in a comedic sense. Now, this is obviously taken much more seriously. And I think they do a really good job. I mean, there's a level of detail here that isn't that you wouldn't see necessarily in you know most like fan mockups. Um, but yeah, they clearly are dedicated. They clearly know their stuff. Yeah, I mean, there are fans in the comments saying it's cursed, but the artist is definitely serious about it, and I really like their style. So, hats off to you. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's, you know, you're doing something neat and sharing it with the world. Um, now, I mean, naturally, if I'm in a dark alley, I wouldn't want to see this thing staring me down. But that goes <laughs> for that goes for quite a few designs from Power Rangers. You know, if Goldar was staring me down a dark alley, I wouldn't like that either. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, we're going to uh, probably pack it in for the evening afternoon morning whenever you have to listen to this and hopefully next time we'll be able to talk to you guys about dino fury about the backstretch of dino fury and where we go from here so um we're gonna peace out and uh have a good one enjoy your day if you like what you just heard find us on rangercast.net or look us up in your favorite podcast app share feedback with us on facebook twitter or through the voicemail feature on our website. Our opening theme is by Daniel Park. The ending theme is by me. RangerCast is distributed under Creative Commons license. We are not affiliated with Reddit, RangerStop, or any of the other brands mentioned in this episode. Never tweet. Never, ever tweet. <laughs>